1: Are you a Christian leader, entrepreneur, or lifelong learner seeking to unlock your leadership potential? Dr. Derek Greer's Renaissance Leadership Network provides you with biblical principles and practical life lessons from top leaders, influencers, and experts across the world. It's time to remove limitations and start seeing world-class, measurable results in your ministry, business, or otherwise. Go to rlnleadership.com and register for our next free monthly leadership session. That's ArlenLeadership.com. You were made to think big, do big, big,
0: But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the word overflow in. Yeah. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger than yourself.
1: Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today we will hear a classic message from our archives that we believe will be a blessing to you and give you principles to live big in Christ. Let's join Bishop Greer for this classic teaching as we continue our previous broadcast.
0: Luke 24 and 22. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. You hear me say this almost every year. First, it was women who preached the resurrection. So who are we to try to stop them 2,000 years later? I'm preaching good. When they did not find his body, this is important. The tomb of Jesus is the only tomb in the world that's famous for what's not there. That helped me more in the second service, I'm sure. But that was shouting ground. When they did not find the body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive like he done said he'd be. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb. And they found a stone rolled away. Some clothes neatly laying there, meaning that, you know, the body had to pass through the clothes. And if it was thieves, you know, they'd be in a rush. But everything was all neat and all the rest. And they found it just as the women said. Why is it the sisters, though, that always seem to know things before we do? (laughs) It hasn't changed. It just hasn't changed. (laughs) Verse 25, then he said to him, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all, that's important, in all that the prophets have spoken. You see, the problem is they were only willing to believe parts of the scripture, they were only willing to believe the parts of what Jesus said they were comfortable with. Matter of fact, they like many of us in this room today. I'm okay with the Bible as long as it doesn't challenge my lifestyle. I'm okay with the Bible as long as they don't ask me to give anything or give up anything. I'm okay with all that church stuff, but don't you dare put a demand on me. Don't you dare talk about they're going to be trouble for a moment and I got to wait till morning. No, no, no. I want Santa Claus. I I want a genie in the bottle. I want someone I can call on be you know, uh, right on the spot and and give me what I need and what I want when, when I want it. That's what that type of God I'm looking for. But here's the deal. The problem is if God succumbed to your every whim, you would be God. So the reality is many of us don't really want a God. We want to be Lord of our own lives. So here we have these disciples. These disciples picking and choosing what they're going to believe. So I, I, I really like the part, you know, "Give it a shall be given." a good message. I, I got that one, but but this thing that you know what, you are gonna die and and I might die. Take up your cross. Nah, nah, nah. I'll leave that. I'm I'm not gonna preach on that. I'm not gonna read that part. I'm gonna skip over to the part that when I die I'll go to heaven. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to the part that you know what, uh uh, all the uh, the uh, Noah's family was saved. You know what? So all my family's gonna be saved. But but but, but you know I, I'm I'm gonna just look at I'm a. I'm a, I'm a, matter of fact, I'm not even gonna look at the Bible. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna buy a promise. A promise book. Yeah, I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. And, and what what they do? I'm gonna have an author that put together all the best scriptures. I'm gonna read them to myself, quote them out loud, and all the rest. And then I'm gonna find a church. Those are the only scriptures they preach from. But this is what Jesus has to say to you. Ought not. This, this didn't happen out of the air somewhere. It wasn't that I got jumped while I was in Jerusalem and it just kind of happened. I mean, didn't Isaiah talk about this? Didn't the psalmist talk about this? Wasn't it prophesied, you know, Zechariah? Wasn't it prophesied throughout the whole Old Testament? Ought not the Christ... To have suffered these things, you guys have cut out parts of the whole Bible, whole books. In fact, y'all ignored the whole meaning of the sacrificial system just to suit your purposes. Tell me, guys, and I know you don't like this, and this don't, might not fit in with your theology, but, but tell me, why did Father Abraham go up Mount Moriah, and, and he did it to sacrifice his son Isaac? But then he brought Isaac back down from the mountain. Does that not represent the Father God representing the, the Jesus Christ being sacrificed on the cross? And by the way, didn't Isaac carry his wood like I carried that cross up that mountain? And then when he was on that mountain, was there not a ram in the bush? Am I not the ram of God taking the sin of the world? Am I not your substitute? He said, now in your Bible that you know so well. Now wasn't Joseph rejected by his own brothers? Didn't they tell daddy Jacob that he was dead? And then he went into slavery and then from slavery into prison. And then after he got out of prison, he became number two. And then the brothers bowed. Didn't I say that rejection precedes exaltation? Is this some foreign idea that I concocted? Was not Jonah three days and three nights in the belly of a fish? Was not the son of man three days and three nights in the belly of the earth? He said, I could go on and on and on and on. But if I said one more, didn't innocent Job suffer? No fault of his own. But by the end of the book, didn't he get twice back everything stolen? Yeah, they took my mortal life, but God raised me up in immortal life. More than twice as good and powerful as I've ever been. Ought not the Christ have suffered and then enter his glory? The prophets predicted that there'd be pain in the process of redemption. No pain. No glory, no pain, no gain. And then he said, in beginning with Moses, this is important. Moses wrote Genesis, so from Genesis to Malachi. In all the prophets, he expounded to them some of the things I just began to mention to. He said, you know what? You know that Passover lamb is an innocent lamb. Lamb ain't did nothing to nobody. But it was killed, and the blood was put on the door, and the death angel passed over. Do you know that that pointed to me? That y'all supposed to be going to hell, y'all supposed to, be, death in Hades supposed to be grabbing hold of you, but because of my blood, because of my sacrifice, the innocent Lamb of God, and when you put me on the doorpost of your life, all of death got to pass you by. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. saying all that pointed to me, yeah. and it went line by line by line by line, explaining the scriptures. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone further, meaning Jesus was like, well, you know, I'm only going to stay if you invite me. And this is important. Jesus will not force himself on anyone. He's not a bully. He will only stay if you invite him to. So he was walking, and he was like, well, if y'all ask me to stay, I will. He didn't say anything, but he was like, well, he started walking, obviously. like they were, It was time for him to turn in the road. They were going to the house, and he just kept walking. And they had to stop him and say, no, 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 no. I want to invite you. See, a lot of y'all in this room, you might think, well, I've known God since you were little. No, you had a consciousness of God since you were little. God put eternity in each of our hearts. And as you grow up, you might lose it a little bit. But when you were little you, you had an awareness but here's the deal he'll only stay if you invite him that's why the most important part of our services is the invitation yes. because you being aware of God is a great thing but it's like you know being around a, a river of water unless I get a cup it profits me nothing and there are people dying of thirst in the midst of a multitude of water but they constrained him Saying stay or abide. A lot of us, we're so busy trying to run from God. And we wonder why it ain't sticking. But here they were trying to hold on. They, they, didn't, they didn't want to let him go. And God's not going to really stick the way you want him to stick. Until you're willing to pursue, Lord, whatever it takes, stay in my house. Lord, Lord whatever it takes, I need you to stop by here. Lord, whatever it takes... God, I, I, I want to spend time with you. I want to be like you. I want to be with you. I want to learn from you. They said, please stay with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. See, so if you haven't noticed, it's getting late with us as well. The world is getting darker and darker. And darker. And each person in this room needs to make sure they invited Jesus in their hearts before the sun goes down. And I don't know exactly when the sun's going down, but I know it's going down. They would not let the sun go down. Without inviting Jesus. To stay. They didn't just want an experience. They wanted him to stay with them. He said, and he went in after they invited him to stay with them. Jesus came to them taking his own initiative. This is important though. But he only stayed with those who took their own initiative. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it And gave it to them. In that culture, the person in the head seat, the chief seat, the head of the table, if you will, was the person who broke the bread and offered the blessing. And here's the point of this. If you're willing to put Jesus in the driver's seat, if you're willing to get him out of the passenger seat. Put him at the head seat. Yes. He will bless your bread too. He will release a blessing. You don't have room enough. But listen, before they could receive the blessing, they had to take initiative. Before they received the blessing, they, not only did Christ pursue them, but they had to respond by pursuing him. And when they did it, again, he, he, they, man, when, when God puts a blessing on your food, it tastes better than anything you ever ate before in your life. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took the bread, he broke it, and he gave it to them. Verse 31. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. This is important. They did not recognize Jesus until they saw him in the scripture. You cannot embrace the living word without embracing the written word. Yes. Those who really know Him can't help but recognize Him in the book. So, honey, would you come, please? And, hey, Marion, would you bring that? Or, Cynthia, yeah, would you? Thank you. Bring that. How many of you know that this is Pastor? you me too. Okay. All right. All right. Would you do something? Would you go through that door right there? Jesus said, "I'm going away." Hey, if you go right through that door, hope they didn't lock you. Okay, good. Now, if I showed you this picture, how many of you would recognize her? Okay. That's the point. You see, those who know him recognize him in this book. Yeah, he's gone away at the right hand of the Father, but that's my Jesus. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the forgiver, the healer. Oh, oh, the reason we love this book is not because we're in the books, but because we recognize him, and we recognize him in these pages. Even if I do not have confidence in the book, once I see the book and hear the book, oh, that is my Jesus, that is the Jesus I know. So, if you really know him, you'll recognize the same Jesus in this book. You can pull her out. Jesus coming back again. Here you Come on. Thank you, sweetie. You come on back. There you go. You go back to your seat. Thank you. So imagine if Jesus, you know, he he has gone away to the father. the, The Holy Spirit is with us nonetheless. But imagine if someone you loved went away. And if you couldn't see him, every now and then you'd have to pull out the picture. count my Bible back if you really missed them see I'd be overseas sometimes and you don't have internet connectivity I pull out a picture matter of fact that picture sometimes the reason I behave (laughs) remind me what I might be missing if I act a fool I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen right there. Some of y'all need more in the picture. You need to tattoo that name on. (laughs) But we see him in this book. This is why I preach the way I do, line by line, because I see him in the book. I don't want to distort the picture. I want you to see him. And those who know him recognize him. And and scripture says, as he spoke, didn't our hearts burn? You know, you look at that picture. Oh, baby, you know. Okay, let's stop it right there. Let's stop right there. But as you look at the picture, let's clean up. You look at a picture of a child that's off at college. Okay, let's do it that way. Y'all were going someplace I know, know. But if they're far away, you know, you can't see them and perhaps you can't, you know, it's not the way it used to be. You might pull out a picture. So you think it's all about duty getting into this book. You think it's all about primitive beliefs to grab hold of the book. No, it's we recognize the one we love in this book. You hear me? And because we recognize it, we keep looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Say, Lord, I'm going to behave to keep everything right between us so we can see each other again. And I won't be ashamed. I won't be embarrassed. I won't be apologizing. You hear what I'm saying? I won't do anything to break up this relationship, dear God. I'm looking forward for the moment we get back together. And I don't have to look at you through a book no more. I can see you even as I'm seen. That I won't have to look through you through a glass darkly. But I'll know as I'm known. I'm looking forward to that great day. Catch that, would you? Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Y'all waking up, first service. Hallelujah. Come on, sit down. I'm I'm almost there. Then their eyes were opened. And they knew him. And as soon as their eyes were opened, watch this. He vanished from their sight. You see, the miracle was not that he disappeared, it was the fact he showed up at all. But this is important. Once they clearly saw Jesus in the Word, and that Word imprinted their heart, they no longer need to see them with their natural eyes. Your prayer this morning should be, Lord. Open my eyes so I don't have to see. You see, the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. A lot of us operate like this natural world is the real thing. No, 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 no. The spiritual world created this natural world, it's the parent force of everything here. So when you see with your spirit into the spirit, your Savior Jesus. You no longer have to see it with your eyes. That's why Jesus said, A blessed are those who, who, who believe but can't see, can't touch it, because they see it in the spirit. They see it in, the, in a higher place, in a higher order. And when these disciples saw it in the word, they saw it on a higher realm. You're thinking, When I feel the goosebump, maybe if I have the vision, i believe. But real faith says, Whether I feel it, Though you slay me, though my Friday involves a cross. The Bible said, for the glory set before me, he endured the shame. I see you, Lord, and I love you, Lord. And, and, and what we need to pray is we could be like the saints of old. And we can live seeing what we don't see. We could live knowing what, what others around us really can't know. When he opened the scriptures, and here's the deal, until you start taking scripture seriously, their problem was they didn't believe all that the prophets had said, but some. They didn't believe all that Jesus said, but some. But when you start taking the Bible seriously, though you face an awful, tragic situation, there'll be something that rises up in you and said, just wait a couple days. It's just a matter of time. The God that let that happen is not the God that's through yet. That God is not finished until he wins. He's the God that Bible says always leads us into triumph. Let me ask you a question. How often is always? Show always. Sure, no. We didn't have to go into the Greek or Hebrew for that. Always is always. The Bible says he always leads us into triumph, meaning no no matter how bad the things this year were, no matter how hard a ball or or a thing that devil throws at you, God remains God. And the moment the devil can outdo God, the devil has become God. So when you think this is it, it's over, it can't be fixed, you've just called the devil God. You just said, devil, you're greater. World, you're greater than my God. It takes real faith, though. When Satan has thrown his hardest punch. And you are, and you, no, 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 you are out for the count, one, two, you know, I'm everything. The ref is saying that, but you still believe. My God always leads me into triumph. Somehow this is going to work together for good. I don't know how, I can't figure it out, but I know my God. I believe in him, though I can't see him, I can't feel him, it doesn't seem like it's so, I trust him. That's why the the old saints were happy in the midst of turmoil and pain, because they saw something other people couldn't see. But here we are with all the comforts of the modern world, driving roads without bumps. I mean, potholes are filled, and, and snow plows clean our roads, and, and we have lights on, and are just wonderful. This is one of the most incredible times in all human history. There's more leisure than ever before. But we're depressed. We're sad. Talking about suicide. And you say, Why? It's not because of your circumstances. It's because of what you don't see. And our prayer today is to open my inner eyes, not my ocular eyes. Open my eyes so I can see. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
1: You've been listening to a classic message from Derek Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. It's with the help of folks like yourself that Derek Rear Ministries can bring God's life-changing and impactful gospel to over 100,000 people around the world each week. As we begin the new year, we have a fresh opportunity to join together and help the hurting. Please consider partnering with Derek Greer Ministries to help spread God's message even further via radio, television, and the internet. Getting started is easy. Go to Derekreer.com That's derekreer.com And select the green donate button at the top right of the screen. Thank you and God bless.